Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know, a very special Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Happy almost July 4th. Uh, today is July 3rd, but happy July 4th to everybody out there. And today I'm going to be taking a look at a film which I think is kind of appropriate for this time of year and... I just feel it's a really great film to discuss. So the film I'm going to talk about is the 1989 Oliver Stone film, Born on the Fourth of July. This film is based on the book written by a man named Ron Kovic, and it's basically an account of his life. So if you've never seen this film, you don't want any spoilers or anything, I suggest you push pause and yeah, go and watch it and come on back and hear what I have to say about it. If you have seen this film, but you never read the book, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend reading, you know, it's basically Ron Kovic's autobiography. And uh, I'm going to talk more about that towards the end. But like I said, this film came out in 1989, uh, directed by Oliver Stone and written by Oliver Stone and Ron Kovic. Uh, This film would be a pretty big success uh, at the time. It would get nominated for many, many awards. And this film, uh, Born on the Fourth of July actually netted uh, Oliver Stone a Best Director Oscar the following year. And I know it also won many, many Golden Globes. I believe it also, you know, at that time won the Golden Globe for Best Picture. Tom Cruise got the Golden Globe for Best Actor, and he was nominated for Best Actor uh, in the Academy Awards. Uh, I just feel, you know, with the holiday coming up and whatnot, this is a great film to talk about. So if you're not familiar with this film at all, like I said, it's the the true life story of Ron Kovic, who was a young man. Uh, he grew up out on Long Island. I believe it was Massapequa, Long Island. And, uh, you know, he, he was born uh, probably late 40s, early 50s. So right around the time that the Vietnam War came out, he was in high school. He was a teenager. Um, and you get this really more in the book, you know, about his childhood, what it was like growing up there, you know, he he was a good kid, Um, you know, he loved the stuff that kids loved, Uh, you know, he loved playing outdoors, he loved playing out, playing with his friends, he had a good group of friends, which we do kind of see in the beginning of the film, Uh, in the beginning of the film, we see him and his friends kind of out in the woods, uh, doing like most boys that age would do, playing war. Uh, You know, growing up, that's something my friends and I, we did that too. You know, just about everybody had at least one toy gun. And back then they were pretty darn realistic looking. And we would do that. We would run through the neighborhood. We would run through the quote unquote forest, which was really just a giant clump of trees, um, you know, around where we lived or, you know, at the playground and, and, and we played war and, you know, we see that in the beginning of the film here. And like I said, in the book, you know, Ron Kovic pretty much talks about what it was like growing up out there on Long Island. But like I said, sixties roll around, he is a teenager and, um, you know, he's a very patriotic kid and he decides that, you know, this is his calling in life, you know, to serve his country. Uh, in the film, we see a Marine recruiter comes to his high school, and it's played by Tom Berenger, and he talks about the prestige and the honor and the glory of becoming a Marine, and that really touches something with Ron, and he feels that, you know, this this is his calling. This is what he is supposed to do. Uh, he's a pretty athletic guy. Uh, we see in the film that he is a wrestler, And like I said, if you read his book, you'll see that, you know, he pretty much like, again, like most kids, 
he played just about every sport. He played baseball, he wrestled, he played some football, so he's a pretty athletic guy. And really what we see here is, you know, he's really, really eager to serve his country. Uh, the reason the book is called Born on the Fourth of July because that is actually his birthday. Ron Kovic is born July 4th, and in his town, like most towns, every July 4th, there's a parade, and we see it in the film. One of his favorite things is is when the, the soldier, you know, he says, the soldiers are coming by, which are, are the veterans. And we see this early in the film, is when, you know, we see the veterans marching, and, you know, there's World War II veterans and Korean War veterans and some World War I veterans. Uh, as, like, firecrackers are going off, you see them you know, still showing kind of those signs of, of post-traumatic stress, the flinching and whatnot when firecrackers are going off. But young Ron Kovic loves it. He just, this, this is his life. This is what he wants to be. He, he, he wants to be a soldier and, you know, serve with honor and come home and get a nice job, have a wife and, and kids pretty much like his dad did and his grandfather did and whatnot and so forth. So we see, you know, he, he enlists, he heads on off to Vietnam and, uh, you know, what we learn and we learn it in the book is he actually did three tours. Uh, you know, he, he would do a tour and then just elect to take some time off, come back, do it again. So he's on his third tour. And what we see here in the film is he's, uh, like a sergeant. So he's kind of like a, almost like a platoon or squad commander, not very popular. Uh, he seems to be a very strict stickler by the book kind of kind of guy and what he's starting to see is some of the soldiers here it's like they're not they're not kind of following his way of thinking you know he's like i'm over here i'm serving with pride i'm fighting the enemy and a lot of them are seeing it really not that way uh you know unlike him who enlisted a lot of these guys were drafted they don't want to be here they don't believe in the war and you know they're just kind of shuffling along and milling about and uh you know we see that they um they're staging in uh, a raid or or um they're basically doing a mission and really, you know, from the context of the film, what we get is, is that he accidentally shot one of his own soldiers. Uh, he feels very remorseful about it. And, you know, he actually goes to his commanding officer and really confesses to it. And he's kind of just brushed aside and dismissed and sort of like, like, like the CO doesn't want to believe it not that he doesn't believe it and you know he's he's just it's, it's almost sort of like the attitude he sort of gets is like you know I, I have bigger things to worry about and more important things to worry about you know soldiers die you know you didn't see what you thought you saw you didn't do what you think you did and he just really brushes it aside uh we then see that there's another mission or you know they're they're pretty much engaged in combat and this is where we see where he gets wounded and really what we see in the film here is um they're ambushed uh you know fires coming at them from all directions and really instead of just kind of turning and, and and running back like a lot of the other guys are doing you know ron is standing his ground and um you know he's trying to engage the enemy uh at one point we see he actually gets shot in the heel he goes down uh but he feels he's able to go and he gets back up and this is where he suffers um a much more serious wound uh because of the wound that he gets you know the gunshot that he gets he is paralyzed from the waist down and really what we get from here is 
what happens to this really sort of all-American boy, uh, a very idealistic boy uh, who went off to war willingly. You know, he enlisted. And we see what happens to him. Uh, he goes back to the Veterans Hospital, which is just, it is a house of horrors. Um, you know, there's hardly any money. You know, they, they talk about budget cuts and trying to fund the war effort itself. Uh, you know, it basically looks like something built in the 1800s. Uh, there are rats running around. The staff really doesn't care. Um, it's filthy. And it's just horrible. But still, you know, Ron is determined. He is determined to walk. And that's what we see is, you know, he's outfitted with some braces. And uh, in the healthcare profession, we would call that an HKAFO. It's basically locks sort of everything from the waist down. It kind of locks him in a straight leg position. And really just kind of by shifting his body, he's he's trying to move around. While he's doing this uh, and he's practicing with crutches, he actually falls over and he sustains a fracture. It's a pretty bad fracture. Uh, The doctors say that, you know, the best thing to do really, you know, you don't have use of your legs. The best thing to do is to amputate it. But Ron is no, he's determined to walk. He demands that they save his leg, which they do. Uh, there's like a pump and, and, you know, they, they, they try all these things and we see the, the equipment failing because of, you know, there's just no money and the budget and, and whatnot. And, you know, this is where we see him really start to get disillusioned. You know, he's really sort of like, he doesn't understand. He's like, I'm a soldier and I fought for my country and I was wounded in service to my country you know, why am I not getting the care that I'm supposed to get? And why am I not getting the respect that I'm supposed to get? Because like I said, the staff, they really tell him they they don't care about him and his war. You know, um, a lot of the staff there are African-American. And they say, you know what? You guys are over there fighting some quote unquote enemy. You know, are they really our enemy? He's like, you know, while our people here you know, we're being killed by cops. We're being killed by hate groups. You know, we got our own war going on here. I don't care about you and I don't care about your war. He goes home after the VA hospital. He goes back to Massapequa and his mother is just so thrilled that it's as if nothing happened. And he sees that his younger brother, who is actually played by Tom Cruise's younger brother. And unfortunately I don't know his name. Um, you know, we see that, um, you know, he doesn't believe in the war. His younger brother doesn't believe in the war. And, you know, and, and again, Ron is just, he's incredulous. He can't, you know, and, and this is where he starts throwing around the, the, um, the term. And, and, you know, this is something I've, I used to hear a lot and I sometimes still hear it today, you know, love it or leave it, you know, and then his younger brother's name is Tommy. And I'll never forget that. Like, you know, because, you know, what Tommy basically says is, you know, when he, he he's like, he, he looks at his brother Tommy, who kind of has long hair, uh, kind of looks like a Beatles haircut, but, you know, he's, he's got the sideburns, he's got the long hair, he's wearing the tie-dye, the mom is complaining, she doesn't like the friends he hangs out with, you know, and Ron's asking him, like, you know, hey, how many push-ups can you do? How many pull-ups can you do? And, you know, Tommy just doesn't care, to the point that, you know, Ron confronts him, and he's like, really asking him, like, what is your problem? And he said, you know, he doesn't believe in the war, and Ron is like, how could you not? And he goes, well, Ron, look at you. He's like, was it worth it? You know, what were we really, what are we really fighting for over there? You know, and look at what happened to you. And that's when, you know, Ron starts throwing around that, that line, you know, love it or leave it, man, love it or leave it. You know, you got a problem with the war and the war effort, you know, then get the heck out of here. Get, get out of this country. Uh, Ron is very excited. 
He is going to be in the 4th of July parade. It is his birthday. He is going to be one of those veterans that he would see. And in fact, he's thrilled because he's he's actually considered a local hero. Uh, we see sort of like the Rotary Club, like the older, you know, this is sort of like the traditional older Americans. They they consider him a hero. Um, he's going to get a car. They're going to they're going to drive him in a Cadillac and and he's going to make a speech. And again, as he's going down the parade route and he's smiling and waving and he couldn't be happier and firecrackers are going off and he's flinching, you know, he's getting those flashbacks and he's flinching. Not only that, protesters show up, you know, and he just, he just, again, he doesn't understand. Anyway, they take him to a park. They, they have him deliver a speech. And as he's delivering the speech, uh, we hear in the crowd, we hear a baby crying. And this is where he gets some horrible flashbacks. He gets some flashbacks to a time when they raided a village and pretty much killed everybody in there. Uh, And really all they found left was just a crying baby. And we don't know the fate of that baby. And it's just really he breaks down. Uh, One of his old friends from his group of friends comes running up. And he, too, is is a veteran, uh, also wounded in combat. Uh, You know, but unlike Ron, who's all clean cut, all American, the long hair, the beard the hippie outfit you know it's clearly he is not a supporter of the war he he comes he he tells the parents look i'll take them don't worry about it and they go off and they talk about it and they talk about the fact that you know nobody gets it nobody gets what it was like to be over there you know knee deep in the stuff and of course they sound a little more colorful than that but nobody gets it at all and they can't figure out why. And really from here, what we see is is as he's as he's going around, he's just becoming more and more disillusioned. He just doesn't understand why why people just don't get it. And we see a lot of things happening here. Uh, he has a confrontation with some World War II veterans. Uh, they're at a bar, or it might even be a VFW, but I think it's just a bar. And, you know, he's getting drunk. You know, he just, he's... I mean, his life is a shambles. And he gets into an argument. He gets into a fight, actually, with a couple of World War II veterans who are mocking him. They're like, look, we went over there. and We did our job. You know, I don't know what kind of crap you guys are doing over there in Vietnam, but we knew how to win a war. Your generation's pathetic. And it's it's just unbelievable. Uh, at one point, he goes to a retreat down in Mexico, which is a retreat that pretty much specializes in wounded veterans. Uh, there's a lot of prostitutes there. They pretty much make money off of these veterans, uh, you know, by entertaining them and dating them and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he, he thinks, okay, maybe I can have a normal life here. Uh, he meets a young woman. He knows she's a prostitute. But she says that she loves him and they're going to get married. And then she sees he sees her with another customer pretty much saying the same thing. Uh, Willem Dafoe has, uh, I guess we can call it a cameo. He plays another wounded veteran and it is phenomenal. Uh, the two of them decide to go to another town. They get drunk. They get thrown out of a bar. They start arguing over who killed more babies over in Vietnam, you know, and, and who did more horrific things. Um you know, he pretty much realizes this is not the life for him. Uh, he goes to see sort of like his high school sweetheart, who's played by Kira Sedgwick. She's up at Syracuse. And, you know, he goes up there. And, you know, while while she still, still very, very deeply cares for him, you know, he realizes he kind of gets the feeling like he's half a man. You know, he's dead from the waist down. And, 
you know, this is where he kind of gets a glimpse of the protest movement and he, he sees what's going on. Uh, and really, this is really what happens is it's just a transformation. Um, like I said, he goes from this, you know, all American golden boy, solid, solid values to seeing that, you know what, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes the government lies and, 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 and sometimes, you know, wars aren't really what they're supposed to be. Um, and really what we get from here on in is, is he becomes a protester, uh, a veteran against the war. Um, you know, he speaks out against it, which kind of references back to something his mother told him earlier in the film. Um, when he's a bit younger, he's watching President Kennedy speak and, you know, the mother is marveling about him. He's such a dynamic and handsome young man. And she says, you know, Ronnie, you know, this is why God put you on this earth to do great things. And, and I, and, and she goes, and I had a vision that one day, just like our president, you're going to be up there in front of a group of people giving a massive speech. And that's what it is. As we see him later, I believe it's at the uh, 76 Democratic uh, National Convention. He, you know, he does make a speech. That's kind of how the film ends. And like I said, this is just a phenomenal film. Like I said, it's based off his essentially his autobiography, also entitled Born on the Fourth of July. I highly recommend, if you saw the film, I highly recommend you go out and read it, because he goes into a lot more detail about his childhood, really about the struggles that he had down in Mexico, the struggles that he had really fitting in here, because we see he lived in multiple places, he lived with multiple people, just really trying to find his place in life, and it's just, it's an incredible story. And, you know, the thing about this film was, um, Oliver Stone and a friend of his secured the rights for the book. I believe the book came out in 1976 and right away, Oliver Stone secured the rights to it. Uh, way back when Al Pacino had expressed a lot of interest in playing Ron Kovic. He had met with Ron Kovic, um, you know, but the film kind of got mired in production hell. So, mid to late 80s roll around you know there's interest in it again Oliver Stone had already done Platoon he kind of wanted to do a Vietnam trilogy Heaven and Earth would be the third film about the Vietnam War that he did Oliver Stone of course himself is a Vietnam veteran Uh, so Born on the Fourth of July comes back up and like I said this is around 87, 88 so for the casting of Ron Kovic Nobody was considering Tom Cruise at the time. Um, some of the names that were mentioned, Sean Penn, Charlie Sheen, and for younger listeners out there, it's not the Charlie Sheen that you see today. It's not the train wreck that you see today. He was a hot young actor. Uh, he actually starred in Platoon, um, which was an Oliver Stone film. Uh, Nicholas Cage was also considered, again, back in the day. It's not the Nicholas Cage that you get today. You know, completely different actor. Um you know, the thing is, is Cruz's name, Tom Cruise's name did come up. He was a hot actor at the time. But the thing is, is a lot of people felt, could he be serious? Could he do a dramatic role? Um, Oliver Stone wasn't even really sold on it completely. Uh, he hated Top Gun. Oliver Stone called it a completely fascist film. Um, but he took a look at Tom Cruise and he said, you know what? He's that golden boy. He's that all-American boy. And that's the thing is, at that time, he he really was. Tom Cruise really was, you know, that handsome young actor. You know, he was that all-American boy. And he said, what would happen? And he kind of said this to Tom himself. What would happen if all this ended one day? You had a horrific accident and all this went away. How would you deal with it? And Tom Cruise took that as a challenge. He really wanted this role. Ron Kovic, again, he was not convinced. He didn't think Tom Cruise, he 
He was a punk kid. He couldn't do it. Tom Cruise went out to uh, Massapequa and met with Ron Kovic, and they talked for several, several hours, and Ron Kovic gave it the thumbs up. He, he knew that Tom Cruise could handle this. Um, Tom Cruise spent about a year preparing for this role. Uh, he read multiple accounts from Vietnam veterans. He did extensive practice in a wheelchair, uh, and he spent a lot of time visiting veterans' hospitals, talking to veterans, looking at the conditions, you know, talking to staff that had been there for many, many years, talking about what conditions were like back in the Vietnam era, the changes that had gone on. I mean, he really immersed himself in this role. Um, Dale Dye. Dale Dye is a military advisor. I believe he works a lot with Oliver Stone uh, on, on a lot of his films. Uh, he's a military advisor. He put uh, Tom Cruise and the other actors that were playing Marines, he put them through really intensive training. Uh, the the scenes that we see uh, taking place in Vietnam were actually shot in the Philippines. So when they were out there, before they started shooting, uh, Dale Dye actually had them conduct one or two week-long missions. Uh, you know, basically like a Marine would say, humping out into the bush, setting up camp, going out on patrol, simulated combat to really kind of get them sort of immersed in this role. Uh, Abby Hoffman. Now that's a name I'm sure a lot of younger people out there don't know. Abby Hoffman was a huge war protester, you know, back in this era, back in the Vietnam era, uh, very famously said, don't trust anyone under 30. Uh, Abby Hoffman was brought in to kind of be a consultant about the peace movement. And like I said, you know, Tom Cruise spent a lot of time talking with Ron Kovic. Ron Kovic would come up, um, would come on, on set multiple times. And if you watch the film, uh, when they show the parade, the parade that a young Ron Kovic is watching when, you know, as he says, the soldiers are coming by. Uh, there's a World War II veteran in a wheelchair that comes by, and that is actually Ron Kovic himself, you know, so he does have a little bit of a cameo in there. Um, when this film came out, like I said, it was 89. I had just finished high school, just started college. This film stuck a deep chord with me because I was pretty much the same age that Ron Kovic was when he decided to enlist in the Marines and head off to Vietnam. And, you know, at that time, like I said, I had entered college, but I don't want to say that college was not my first choice. At that time, going to be very honest, going to be very frank, I wasn't really sure if I was going to be able to afford to go to college. So, on the advice of my grandfather, who was a World War II veteran, uh, he himself was a Marine, I had thought about enlisting. And since my grandfather and one of my uncles, they were both Marines, uh, like I said, my grandfather in World War II and my uncle in Vietnam, um, I considered enlisting in the Marines. So much so that, you know, I had an appointment to go down and talk to a recruiter. Uh, what happened was, when the recruiter called to confirm it, I was not home. My mother took the call and was like, yeah, he's not going. Uh, she pretty much let me know that don't worry about it. Go to college. Don't worry about the money. It'll all be taken care of. And, you know, I didn't. I didn't enlist. I mean, I was looking at it more as a career thing. Uh, I definitely did not have the same ideology as Ron Kovics. I mean, was I, and to this day, am I proud to be an American? Yes, absolutely. Uh, do I think the government is perfect? In no way, shape, or form do I think that. But like I said, when you watch the film and when you read the book, you see how idealistic 
a young Ron Kovic was. I wasn't that idealistic. I was looking at it as more of, well, I don't think I can afford to go to college. I really don't want to get a, you know, some just kind of startup basic job. You know, I might as well go into, because my grandfather said, you know, you go into the military, you get paid, you can get a pension when you retire, you'll get trained to do a job, and, you know, there's the GI Bill. They'll help you go to college. So that's the way I looked at it. Uh, shortly after that, we went to war with Iraq. So who knows what would have happened. Um, but this film really struck a chord with me because, you know, I, I don't know. And, you know, in the film, Ron Kovic, you know, Tom Cruise brings this up. Like, I, I don't know what would happen to me if at such a young age, you know, 18, 19, maybe, maybe he was even 20 years old. If I essentially lost everything, you know, suffered such a horrific injury, like like we see what happened to Ron Kovic, um, really, like I said, dead from the waist down, um, you know, when he gets into an argument with his mother, you know, where she can't believe that he he doesn't support the war anymore and, and he's disillusioned, like she can't believe it, you know, he starts to say and, you know... This is not an explicit show, so I'm going to try to keep it as clean as I can. He basically talks about his the fact that he barely begun to use his genitalia, and it was all taken away for him from him, and for what? And I I felt the same way, you know. I kind of knew, you know, I knew from history class, uh, and I knew from my uncle and a couple other Vietnam veterans that lived close by. It was not a popular war. It was, you know, it was, I mean, my grandfather will would talk about his experiences in World War II, and he would glorify it, really until he got older, and not so much that he was getting dementia or anything, it was more sort of like his safety filter came off, and his war stories started to get a little bit darker, to which I took it to mean a little bit more true. My uncle would very rarely talk about Vietnam. Very, very rarely. And if he did, it was very, very sparse. Um, Like I said, there were a couple of Vietnam veterans that lived close to where I lived. Uh, There was a gentleman who actually lived maybe half a block away from me. Um, And my father would say that, you know, he had a horrific depression. That when it would rain, it would just remind him too much of the rainforest in Vietnam and, 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 and the rainy season. He would just stay indoors. He would be very, very depressed. Um, and watching this film, you know, it really made me start to question a lot of things. Um, it really made me kind of realize that I should probably start paying a lot more attention to what happens out there in the world, what happens out there with our government. And, you know, it kind of helped awaken me a bit. Um, Like I said, it was a phenomenal film. About a year after I saw the film, uh, I got the book. I read the book. Uh, It's a very quick read. It's a very good read. And like I said, if you saw the movie, you're definitely going to want to read the book. And I'm just really glad that I got a chance to do something a little bit different today um, and just really talk about this film. So, guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Uh, Stuff You Don't Need to Know is there. I always post content about the stuff that I talk about, pictures, polls, and whatnot. Uh, So please head on over there and check that out. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.